Hello, thank you for listening and watching You Had Options. This episode, I have John Marullo from the uh, the Florida uh, established punk rock band protagonist. Um, good conversation, great conversation. Um, we had talk about the, their new split with Omnigon that is coming out. Uh, you can go check out Iron Mind song uh, by Protagonist out there right now. Go to protagonist.bandcamp. Um, support them. Buy some merch. Go like them. Hey, there's Caesar. I don't know if you can see him. Uh, go like them on uh, Instagram uh, at protagonistfl. Follow the podcast at you at options. Uh, you can go to thehandsomescoundrels.com slash shop and buy uh, some merch. Um, yeah. Thank you. Enjoy. ready to record john thank you for joining me hey good to be here yeah you're telling me me. yeah of course you're telling me that one of your best friends uh did this podcast earlier uh yeah jeff i have a a couple best friends and both of them happen to be in protagonist not uh not my brother peter who's also is my actual brother but uh jeff berman uh who is our bass player but also is uh uh divided heaven is his whole uh band and was uh, uh his whole thing so yeah. yeah earlier on the pandemic he did it yeah uh i remember jeff and i spoke a little bit about uh, professional wrestling is is that a thing you are into as well i was watching the aw pay-per-view last night oh uh, really so the, uh, I, I saw the highlights of it i'm not into pro wrestling at the same level that jeff berman is in i think there's only yeah, I have a number of friends who who are. Um, yeah. I think it's uh, I call it the PhD level understanding of uh, kayfabe and the business. I do understand a lot of it. And Peter and I grew up watching during the golden era, really starting around 1986, 87 or yeah. so. Um, and uh, but I, I appreciate I do appreciate pro wrestling. I also appreciate the intersections that have really happened over the last I don't know ten years or so with punk rock and pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think they have these things. Some things in common that uh, um, carry through. Oh yeah, man. There's a is that Ultimate Warrior in in the background? That is not Ultimate Warrior in the background. It's a little. It's a it's a luchador. Uh, oh, okay. I actually got down in Mexico City uh, outside of uh, uh, the lucha. I'm gonna get the uh, the name wrong, but the the arena um, where where you see lucha there. And so I, I grabbed uh, I grabbed one of those, so I have it for my trip. So yeah, he uh, he or they hang out in the background over there. Mm, okay. The uh, and you you are a founding member of Protagonist. I am. I am. I am. Yeah, a lot of large large portion of my life has been spent um, with uh, with the people in this band and with this band uh, in general. How uh, how long has Protagonist been around? The original, like all the way back, like 
the Big Bang uh, starting of it is around like the spring of 1999. Um, and okay. that version of Protagonist was me in my bedroom writing the first few songs that ended up actually coming on our first full length record years, several years down the road. But kind of uh, there's a couple different iterations of the band and we're playing a bunch of shows and things like that. And then really when my brother joined in 2001 and Brian Forrest, uh, the other guitar player, when mm-hmm. he joined in 2000, that was really when we started kind of really getting getting going, playing a lot of shows, going on tour uh, and things like that. But so whether it's 99, 2000, 2001, it's a long time. Yeah. A good long time. At yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the first time I heard of y'all, I don't, I don't know if I'm sure you were playing, but um, when protagonist did like the small Florida clubs with the newfound glory a couple yeah. years ago, the Florida vacation tour in a yeah. spring of uh, 2016. That yeah. was a, uh, that was a very, that was a, that was a very good time. That was a very fun time. Yeah. I, uh, I went to the, the Pensacola one at, at Sluggo's or uh, no, it wasn't Sluggo's. It was a uh, handlebar and uh, yeah, yeah. it's a good time. That was my birthday. That was oh. my birthday the, the day of that show. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that was a good good time. Very like kind of that like, very packed room. Um, yeah, that was, and I do remember it from being sung "Happy Birthday" um, on stage at that show. So, mm. a while ago, yeah, good good time. <laughs> Have you spent a lot of your birthdays playing shows? Ooh, that one is definitely one. I'm trying to think if I do like really quick rolodex of like the dates <laughs> in my mind. Um, not really not that many but a good that show i think a few over a few years before protagonist being on tour as well during my birthdays when i was living in washington dc and i remember we were we were there those are the two that come to mind i'm sure if peter was here peter would say no it was a state this way and this this one as well but uh um you know birthdays i'm i'm, I'm a big believer in celebrating birthdays any of these milestones that any of us are lucky enough to get to because i'm sure you like me have friends that haven't been lucky enough to get uh this far uh mm-hmm. into life and i mean like just the time on on earth so that yep. was a fun with when you're like your brother's sitting next to you like brian and jeff are here kyle uh, our drummer and um you know it's like a oh, nice way to celebrate doing doing this thing and doing it in that in that way so yeah, yeah. cool like, i haven't thought about that in a really long time so thank you for bringing that up <laughs> yeah it's birthdays are especially uh the i'm you know I'm 33 and you know, the more I'm thinking that's not crazy old or anything, but you start thinking of weird shit. Like what were you doing on your birthday? And like, I don't know, reminiscing yeah. and more. I find myself. And that was, uh, that was the birthday going from 33 to 34. Cause I just turned 40 mm. this year. So yeah, we've been reflecting on some of those things of, uh, yeah, what's, uh, yeah. The, the time, the time spent here, uh, on, on on the earth uh and again like getting to do uh getting a lot of that in, involved in punk rock music in some form or fashion and also and it's again worth mentioning that i've had the opportunity to do protagonist with my with my younger brother so um and not everybody either has a sibling or is close to the sibling so me and peter have gotten to do that which is really really special to me yeah uh, that's cool uh did so did y'all where did approach did it start in florida protagonist Started in Florida, South Florida, in Boca Raton, Florida, mm-hmm. or West Boca Raton, Florida, which is known as uh, unincorporated Palm Beach County. So that's where at one time we all lived within about two or three miles of each other. We all have lived. None of us have lived in the same area for about 16 years. At yeah. This point. So I was the first one to move away um, after like, oh, you know, 
lot of shows, a lot of touring, a lot of records. And we've always, we've always been able to make it happen remote though. Like before really technology kind of mm. caught up, we were just like, all right, let's, it was never like, can we do this? It was always kind of like, okay. Yeah. We always yeah. kind of operated our band in a pretty pragmatic kind of way. Sort of like, okay, there's a hurdle here. Okay. Let's figure out how we, let's just figure out how we do it. Yeah. It yeah. Well. For sure. And like, you know, the more, uh, you know, people start getting in relationships and having kids and their jobs get more serious, stuff like that. Um, man, it's tough. I guess uh, yeah. just logistical stuff. Yeah. It is. I think like anything in life, whether it's like, you know, whether, whether it's a band friendships, relationships, as long as like it, it all takes, it all takes maintenance. It all takes everyone coming to the table and, yeah. you know, with, with protagonists, whether it's, you know, I'm in New York, Peter's outside of Boston. Um, Kyle's in Orlando, Brian is in Gainesville, Jeff is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and then all of us have jobs as well. There are some are affiliated with music, some are not. And yeah. so everyone's busy. Jeff and Kyle became parents over the last year and a half um, as well. So, and like those aren't like even what I'll refer to as like challenges. It's just you're just so excited to watch these people who you've known since they were like 18, or I think Kyle I've known since he was like 15 or 16 years yeah. old. Become, become parents and uh, it makes me, um, you know, the, there's a great, you know, there's not really words to really um, say like, you know, a great many deal of things happening uh, in this world and on this planet over the last number of years alone. But with people like Jeff and his, and, and his wife and um, you know, and with, with Kyle and, and his wife as well, like I'm, I can sleep soundly at night knowing that those are the type of people that are raising kids on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some people. I don't. I don't know if I want them. Yeah, to, yeah. to bear the fruit. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, but those two uh, have either um, kept me uh, kept me sane, have kept me alive, like whatever whatever it is, uh, driving through the night in a van or uh, serious life decisions. So they're 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 naturally good naturally good parents, and their partners are as well. Oh man, uh, do you have children? I don't. I hope to someday. I'm gonna yeah. have to be like the cool, the cool older dad, maybe oh, or not yeah. older, just the older dad in general. But yeah, just just uh, it just hadn't hadn't for whatever reason just hasn't worked out up until this point. But still, still like definitely a goal of mine. But a friend of mine uh, last year uh, or early, uh, I guess it was June 2020. My friend Sean, you might listen to this. Uh, he became a first time dad at 49 years old. So nice, uh, you know, uh, to know. Uh, no, no worries. No worries on that. My, my dog keeps me uh, plenty busy. Uh, there you right go. Let him with regular, regular life and stuff. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, Dwight Yoakam, the, the country music star and his wife had a kid like last year, year before, and he's like 65. So uh, just yeah, that's his first kid. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, I'm not sure if that's just related to good genetics or technology or whatever, whatever it ends up being here in, uh, in this latter part of whatever, know, whatever man. timeline that we find ourselves in. Yeah, if you go and uh, I don't know if you're a country fan or uh, into Dwight Yoakam at all. Uh, I know like one or two songs. I know what he looks like, but I'm not going to yeah. say I know. I, I cannot tell you uh, his Wikipedia page uh, from memory or anything or well, anything like that. If you go back and you watch uh, just live videos or music videos throughout his career, he has uh, he's always wearing like painted on jeans. So I don't know maybe if that's yes some sort of. Uh, <laughs> preserver of his um you know his seed or whatnot it could be i think uh i'm not sure what rating the podcast has but the uh there, there's, there's uh let it fly 
All, all things that could happen. Yes, yeah. exactly. We can. This episode can be. You know, uh, you had options after dark with John. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There uh, you go. So the uh, you guys, do you have a new album coming out? I know you just put out a new single, Iron Mind. Yeah, yeah. No, no new album. We'll talk about the album in a second. But the new single is released on this week. So I'm not sure when the podcast will drop. But June 30th is the official release and it's um it's a split it's a seven inch split uh ep uh with our friends in omnigon or bay area band yeah. uh, and it's uh, adam from the band link 80 um his new band and then there's other people that i think played in that band like barry from link 80 i think uh um you know a couple of people from we are the union and uh other people have made up yeah. that band over time and then they're doing two originals and then we have a new original that's out streaming Right now, wherever you get music out there in the world, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Bandcamp, uh, YouTube, whatever it is, um, and then one Link eighty cover. So, if any of the ska punk pan ska punk fans out there, the song uh, "Dime Store Hoods" from uh, uh, the record Seventeen Reasons, or it was on a seven inch before that um, as well. So, yeah. So the Iron Mind is our original song that's streaming right now, and then I think "Dime Store Hoods" dropped sometime this week, and then the vinyl. It's like four different record labels are affiliated with the the yeah. record, which I think is really cool. And seems, and especially in this, I don't know, this again, this point in time we find us in, we're just you know pressing records is really expensive. And so, oh, yeah. you know, props and love to anybody associated with labels, pressing plants, ever whatever that it is to get um, to get that in people's hands. So uh, the vinyl, I think, will be shipping sometime in July. I think, and there's different color variants for the different record labels. I think a couple are in the States, one is in the UK. So uh, pretty exciting and, and, and pretty cool. It's also our first new music in a little bit. Uh, we, we released a kind of a collections record uh, in February, April 2020. And then yeah. new, more new music. I we, we could talk about that as well, but I wrote a lot yeah. of songs for the last two years and um, getting ready to go record those sometime uh, in the late summer, early fall. Start That's recording fun. those at least. Was uh, you writing a bunch in the last two years? Was that uh, uh, like just COVID uh, uh, sitting in your house all day, or are you usually like yeah. just writing songs all the time? You know, I always, you know, and like the spoiler alert of the guitar is like in bass, like behind me here, but the uh, like I don't want to say I have a guitar in my hands at all times and. I've always kind of wrote, written songs in blasts and not uh, writing a song, hey, like once a week or every day. But yeah, kind of to that first part of your saying, finding myself, you know, I think it's almost even hard for us to remember at this time, the earlier days of the pandemic when there's no vaccines, there's a lot of unknown. And there's still a lot of unknown now, but a lot of unknown on what's going to happen if I go outside. Uh, right, I was yeah. living in San Francisco for... Um, just up and through about a few months ago before I moved back out to the East Coast. And Damn. it was just me. I don't have my family out there or anything. So it was just me, Mr. Baby the Pitbull, who's behind me rustling around here. And um, yeah, just with guitars and and uh, started just kind of writing, writing, writing. And, you know, my brother, my brother's always, uh, you know, Peter's always like, yeah, so I kind of keep going, keep writing. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens during the pandemic, whether it's like you're listening to a lot of different records and I always listen to a lot of music, listen, reading books, like other media and just kind of have that all sink in and just started writing. And then all of a sudden I realized I had 50 songs uh, demoed out. Um, so basically the, the equivalent of two full 
two full-length records with what I would say quality songs on them. And yeah. Some songs that no one will ever see. And then one song for like a side project that I don't know what to do with. And then just some other songs that don't really fit into anything. But, yeah. Um, so it felt good to kind of be that prolific for the first time. And or that was the first time I wrote that many songs since maybe mid 2000s, uh, late 2000s when I, for our Chronicle record and yeah. a lot of those associated songs. So yeah, you know, I've been sending them back and forth to Peter and Kyle and Brian and stuff like that, trying to figure out, uh, you know, what some of the arrangements might be, some of the ideas that they might have on them um, as well. So looking forward to it. I'm really excited about those songs. And, um, you know, the pandemic has been like a dynamic and, and troubling and really sad time for uh, all of us. And, you know, I was, you know, I'm glad that something artistic for me came out of it uh, on top of other stuff working on at that same time that got, got some new songs here and that will hopefully see the light of day at some point. Um, and again, we're no, we're not, we're not, we're not out of this thing uh, either. There's still, still a long way to go here. I'm sure um, our fellow humans are taken care of as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Wild times. Uh, yeah. but yeah, the, um, it's always crazy to me. Like, I don't know. You'll hear of like some huge band is working on a new album and they'll say like, Oh, we wrote like 200 songs for this album and we just picked away. It's like 200 <laughs> yeah. songs. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean like even like for, I remember when, uh, you know, we were, we were talking at the top, uh, you know, when you had, you had Jeff Berman, uh, yeah. protagonist member and one of my best friends on here. And I remember when he was writing for his second record, the young blood record, he wrote a lot of songs, I don't know, 35, 40 songs, yeah. something like that. And I remember he went through this whole process of whittling it down to what those like 12 or 13 songs would be. I think on my, on my computer here, actually, like I have some of those like old, old demos or just him and an acoustic guitar songs. I never saw the light of day, but, yeah. um, you know, that's part of that writing process. I was never good at that. Um, this is probably the first time where I have this many songs and as me and Peter, you know, Peter has tried to look at them and kind of figure out, okay, I think this, this batch might be here. And I'm like, yeah, this batch might be here. And how do you kind of cross pollinate some of it? Cause there's kind of different things going on. But I remember when we, right before we went to record one of our last records, Jean Jackets in June, that was, uh, you know, to get the fifth song done for this EP of just, it was, it was just hard, you know, it was just to kind of get to, to get the songs that feel like they were quality enough to, to record. So I'm glad that we have a bunch here and for a band that again, that's spread out all over the country and has yeah. a lot of different things going on. It's good to have like a, uh, a bank of songs, though I, how I understand how people do podcasts uh, as well. Sometimes you'll have like a bank of episodes and be like, yeah, yeah we'll do this one here. And Damn. so I'm glad to have a bank of songs here and that, uh, kind of uh we'll have to work with and then maybe rework maybe hey i thought one was great and peter's like yeah it's not or kyle's like actually this is the this one's great and kind of figure it out from there but i usually trust my brother to uh, um, be the ear on a lot of these songs to be yeah. like, mm, hey keep trying there was one song where you're like we have been trying to write for about three or four years and just can never never ever get it and i'm sure you know what that is like yeah uh, as well from being in a band and um finally like kind of we felt me and him as the audience of just me and him were like, okay, we finally did it. We knocked it out on this one. And it's finally like, okay, cool. And usually when me and him have that feeling, we're like, we generally are in a good direction. Right. You guys just finished that, that one song and you're like, oh, and you pass away. That's it. You, yeah. <laughs> that's and it, it, well, it gives you that, like, gives you that, like, the, it's like the same feeling of like, 
chugging a 20 ounce of Mountain Dew and you're just like, I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> and so that you'll just keep, and that finishing that song. So remember if I think about the songs, you know, I remember writing one right at the start of the pandemic, um, probably around May of 2020. And then, wrote some stuff over that summer and it was like, ah, this is like bonehead. This, this sucks. <laughs> and then after that kind of period there, that's where it was like the ignition switch where just like all of a sudden the floodgates kind of opened yeah. uh, with, some of these, with some of these riffs and getting them to where they need to go. Yeah. So it sounds like everybody's pretty uh, tech savvy too with having a, with recording stuff uh, by themselves and sending yeah. it back and forth. Yeah, like, you know, it's like whether it's GarageBand or Logic, I use GarageBand with some, you know, like, you know, the, the same stuff that everyone uses, yeah. like, you know, Amplitude or um, like the whatever, like the neural like DSP stuff is for, you know, so the guitars sound like, okay, like the, the protagonist demo sound like it's two Marshall yeah. you know, doing their thing and, you know, the, the, the bass and I've gotten pretty good at like just like programming to demo kind of drums and stuff like that. And then yeah. you have like enough of a, enough of a base so then when you go to do this for real you also save a little bit of time because we're just we don't have the we i mean some bands do we just don't have the benefit of getting into the practice space and working them out so i take on like the the responsibility and it's like awesome responsibility and it's like fun fun doing of trying to get to the songs as far as they can go and then um the other members start looking at them and putting their fingerprints on them and um getting them from like pretty good songs to like what we hope are like really good protagonist songs mm-hmm. a big difference between that you know right. the band needs to come together so you guys also when you're since you've been together for a while it's it seems like you all have a good chemistry of, of writing where you're not like yeah like oasis like, oasis or something where you guys are like this is shit and you know you're trying to throw out a hotel window or something like that. I don't know. No, I'm like, I'm, I'm sure one member of the band has wanted to throw Pete out a hotel <laughs> window before. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm his brother, so we yeah. would always fight, always fight on tour, but oh. it would always, uh, one cool thing about having your sibling that you get along with on tour, and remember Kyle saying this one time, is that like, me and him would just start like yelling at each other about like, you know, you're ugly. Like, no, like you're fucking ugly. Um, you know, like the brotherly stuff. Yeah. And like actually having a fight about like, well, four people were at the show tonight and it's like 13 degrees outside and like it would take the steam off of everybody else. So then, you know, just kind of let, let it, let it out there. Um, no, but we have, we have a good, we have a good chemistry and like, you know, whether, whether it's me and my brother and like me and him have a pr- pretty understood direction of like where we might want to go or like when I'm writing, I understand what Brian might want to put onto this song with leads or how Brian might think about changing the thing around. Or I might think like, okay, what would Kyle do here? And I always think when you know your band members really well, that is it's not a stressful thing. It's like a, it's a liberating thing in terms of like, or you can be like, ah, oh, this part's a little weird. and it's going to change the time here and something's not going to repeat. And we like yeah. to do kind of stuff like that here and there. And like, um, and maybe even more, more often than we should, and like, but I always know that like those, that group of people can, can hand, not even just handle it, but like make it better. Or I remember when we recorded the Jean Jackets and June record and we did that with Pete Steinkoff from the Bouncing Souls at Little Eden in, in Asbury Park, New Jersey. And we had a very finite amount of time to get this thing yeah. done in mean, four and a half days or so. And because of work schedules and everything, I remember me and Kyle working on the song Jean Jackets in June to do the drums and me and him were upstairs in the living room. We kept, we, we got through one and we were like, that's, that's pretty good. 
And we did a second one and we're like, ah, and then like, we were kind of, we were finding the parts from there. And then Kyle was like writing stuff in, in real time there. And then that, uh, that the finished one that if, if I ever come across it or hear it, um, or when we play it live, it's like, that was all just kind of written, kind of had the idea of where we wanted to go, but like, that's Kyle putting like his vibe into that song and making sure that it gets written to the exact spot it needs to, it needs to go. So, yeah. um, yeah. And sometimes, you know, kind of doing the, not the, uh, I'm not sure what the, f- the phrase for it is, but you're thinking like, okay, what might not they like about this? And okay, then you kind of think about that to kind of, kind of just, you know, whether it's putting the producer's hat on anyone that's writing songs is, is thinking about that. Yeah. Um, is about like, how can this be the, are my friends going to like it? And then yeah. Yeah, like you're writing, you like what, if your band members are, are digging it, you're, you know, you're, you're happy. And if yeah. like, Peter's yeah. digging it, then I'm happy. <laughs> uh, Peter's the lit- the litmus test. Yeah. 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 And a lot of those bands have that, have that thing. If you read any of the kind of the rock, you know, any of those rock autobiographies yeah. or um, I'm sure uh, I heard you in uh, uh, Jim from dark thoughts talking about the, the one, one of the Ramones books. Um, yeah. I got, I got done reading uh, Peter hook from joy division and new order, his books, uh, yeah. um, you know, uh, over the, the pandemic. And they, you know, he often always talks about uh, um, Ian Curtis being like the one that would be like, Oh, like you and Bernard, like Bernard Sumner and him coming up with riffs and, like oh that's the good one take that keep that that's the good one like, yeah. to, you're, you're in the eye for what these guys were trying to do um and i think every band needs like someone like that that's that's good um um that were like mm, that's not good i remember yeah. like the one song i was talking about earlier i remember sending it to peter i'm like i figured it out and he he listened he listened back on it and he was like no <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> you didn't figure it out man. <laughs> and i remember like being like deflated but also like in my heart i knew like yeah the song wasn't right but when, I, but when i went back and then i, I like me and him have a, i think all bands have a rating system of some sort so like one where we're like like hell yes is an a yeah call it an a, and i remember i'm like yo this is an a and he, he wrote me back all he goes he goes this is an a uh, nice. so we're like again, again yeah yeah peter's happy <laughs> Where uh, did y'all all get together to record this Omnigon uh, split? Yeah, because that was before the world went all topsy turvy. Oh, okay. And, um, tried to swallow itself at, at the at the number of times the world has tried to swallow itself over the last two and a half years. So that was back in the last week of December. There was new maybe December thirtieth and December thirty first, twenty nineteen, and we did that in South Florida. Um, where we're, where we're all from and the way the schedules were going to work out. Peter was like, I think we can record this week if everyone is here. We also had a show uh, with Less Than Jake in Fort Lauderdale like that same week. So we we were going to be down there anyways. Kyle was living in South Florida at the time. And um, yeah, we did it in a studio uh, called the Bull Productions in Miami, Florida with this uh, gentleman named Ryan, who was really great to work with. And yeah, we did those two songs uh, there, got them sort of went into a rehearsal space maybe the day before in Pompano Beach, Florida and kind of worked them out, me, Kyle, and uh, everyone else and kind of figure out where we go. Me and Brian just sitting in a bedroom uh, in a house, just like going over the guitar stuff. And, you know, Brian, Brian's also, Brian and Kyle both, but um, they're kind of prodigy level with how, like how they approach their instrument. So, um, and so, you could just say to Brian, I'm kind of thinking that this thing could have here. And then Brian, like if you listen to the new song, I remind there's all these kind of uh, cool and intricate leads and solos. And that's all. That's yeah. all Brian. Right. Nice. Kind of like, all right, like take this and make, you know, do your thing with it, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's nice. That that takes some some pressure off you. I don't know of everybody else. If you know, you've got this. Uh, I don't know somebody that thinks like that. I don't know. It's not. Yeah, it's not and like to, and it's yeah. The same thing with Kyle. Like these like are also two people. Like all of us in the band have played our instrument for. Yeah. A long time and are also just always trying to get better at it like i feel like i became a better guitar player over the last two years because when I mean, you're playing 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 all the time you'll your brain and hands working together it's both like you know brain brain waves all that all that acidic stuff up here where you're like you'll go to do things that maybe you didn't do or you're you're so loose with everything you're like oh this weird progression here or, yeah i want to do this weird thing here or you think it's weird but then you hear back on it you're like oh fuck that was cool interesting now you got to remember how to do it yeah. that was the only thing that this really bad habit that i developed during the pandemic where like i always prided myself on like remembering exactly how every song goes um and i was doing a lot of stuff on the fly where i would listen back onto it and i was like holy shit how did i do that and i'm kind of like how the fuck am i gonna play that in the future yeah. uh where or accidentally recording a demo at like there's a couple of very fast songs around like 198 199 bpm Damn. and uh trying to play back on it. I was just like, fuck, like Kyle is going to be so pissed at me. This is like, this is a little too fast. Um, but then you figure that stuff out when you're actually getting, actually getting the songs done. And also before we move on from that, I'd be remiss to say, so we, we tracked that record in Miami and then Jamie Wolford is who uh, mixed that record down. And Jamie Wolford, for those um, who might not be familiar uh, was in the band the stereo and animal chin okay. uh, for a lot of time and has uh, been a part of a lot of our records so he mixed uh the chronicle our second um lp and then um also mixed uh jean jackets in june and some of the other stuff from the fall from the chronicle collection so uh always like working with jamie and then uh and then you kind of then then you get the finished product yeah and, it's in, and you're stoked on it yeah yeah going back to you uh becoming a better guitarist over the past few years when whenever you pick up a guitar are you like i'm going to practice this thing or are you just kind of like noodling around like what's your approach mainly noodling around and like like anything i'm not sure what you have discovered in the last like five to ten years of your life but like in and i don't mean to go too heavy an existential area there go for it man how our brains work but the uh I have found, and also as, as it gets darker out here, I look like I'm just getting like, you could fry an egg off of my head. Right <laughs> um, but the, uh, um, I feel like I need to like lean back so I get my head burned off. Um, but the, uh, I, proximity is really important to me. Yeah. So like, the guitar is like right here. Like, yeah, yeah. I can touch the last ball. If I go, I get the SG, I get the bass here. Because so I was finding that like, you just make excuses as yeah. like, well, I've heard a lot of people talk about how they feel like the world has like picked up pace because of technology and things like that. And we all have these yeah. fucking things in our hands where you're just doing this all the time. And, uh, you know, why, why play guitar? It's also, I changed my songwriting times where I used to write a lot in the evening. Cause you know, you're working a lot, you're doing this, you're going yeah. to school, you're going to grad school, whatever it is. And I switched up to writing in the mornings where my brain was fresh and I had yeah. heard, also, Bob Mould like would write in the morning, um, and I was like, okay, it's good for Bob Mould. It's good for me. So, uh, um, but yeah, it's usually like noodling things, or um, you know, I might have like a an eye, like a riff just kind of appears in my mind, and I try to kind of get it out, or um, 
But then sometimes it's just like you're picking it up because you're like, okay, now I got to record this part in this demo here mm-hmm. to get where I need to go. And then sometimes like about a week ago, I ran through like a, a set of like 10 random protagonist songs because just to keep like the chops like going. Like what we're going to be playing later. We only have one show right now. booked for later in the year at the fest. But yeah. I just like to make sure that my brain automatically knows where to go. So I'm never doing the calculation ever on stage about I play this song. Yeah. It's like always like, and so sometimes it might not even be a song that's going to be played at Fest. Might have not played the song in four years or something like that. But I just like to play it to make sure that like I know um, how to do it. Yeah. Mm. Do you think y'all are going to set up shows around Fest? I don't know. It depends on everyone's schedule. Like, uh, kind of like I was saying, everyone kind of being spread out. I mean, one cool thing about being here is. Um, by here, I mean the East Coast is that I'm a little bit closer to Peter. So like Peter was, uh, you know, Peter's in Boston and Peter was able to come down here back in May. And we sat here in this this very room um, and were able to go through like a bunch. We didn't get through all 50 songs, but we went through maybe about 15 of them. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, had the guitars out and we'd be listening and I'd be like, yo, this part here, this is like, this is not working. And he's like, mm, this is not working. I was like, hey, how about we do this here? Do this here, kind of work in real time. It was the first time I'd worked with like a band member side by side since I think working on that uh, that song Iron Mind with Brian. But um, you know, it's uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there. But the uh, um, but in terms, it was a schedule on shows. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yet because there's a lot going on this year. Peter is getting married in a month. Wow. Um, you know. People got everything going on there. It would be cool uh, if we can, but we will. We will see. I'll just, I'll just kind of couch it with "we will see." I would love to play one or two shows yeah. around the fest. The fest is always always a fun time, and I'm right. always happy that uh, and stoked when we get to play. Nice. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, I do have some questions that I like to yeah. call the lightning round. Um, yeah, let's do it. And uh, you know, I say it every time. And lightning is, you know. Uh, depends on what you uh, lightning means nothing it's relative okay. so you can expound upon or whatever the floor is yours all right uh you said you live in uh new york have you ever seen a rat eat pizza i saw rat eat pizza no but i saw three rats scurrying as i was coming home from my friend's house uh yesterday who were underneath uh bags of trash okay <laughs> have you seen have you had any uh one-on-one encounters with a rat in New York? Like the rat, like the rat coming after me? Yeah. Um, not a rat coming after me. The last day I was living in my apartment in San Francisco back in December of 2021, I tried to go up to the roof because we had a really like not safe but fun roof to see the whole city of San Francisco. And there was a, a pigeon attacked me and I was knocked out. <laughs> and I was like, when the fuck did these pigeons get? I don't remember these being here about a year ago. I hadn't been up to the roof in a while. And like, I tried to kind of come again and it was just, you know, wave this. And then that's like my huge fucking wingspan. There, yeah, you know, man. Make uh, yourself big. After me. And I was like, so, and I know pigeons, I know there's some things that have been said about pigeons and being related to rats. So, you know, I'm not mm. going to, I don't want to um, get any of the zoologists like this off here, but the, uh, um, that was the closest that a, a rat came uh, coming coming after me. Damn, mm. rabbit. Yeah. Have you heard uh, of this? Uh, birds aren't real. Have you heard of this? I have. I have not. It's like uh, it was going back to wrestling. It was a uh, this like joke account that these guys made of like, and they made this whole backstory of how the U.S. government 
in the 50s and 60s were taking real birds and killing them and replacing birds with like surveillance drones yeah i mean that that definitely sounds um that sounds like a reddit rabbit hole nightmare yeah Um, or just like when people believe that there was a time traveler named john titor that was uh here but um i I mean i like where i like i like the idea of where your head's at on there yeah yeah. the uh, make a good horror movie which my brother is a big horror movie aficionado so that could be something in the future there I'm also just trying to switch these fucking lights around. Okay. Like, like, I'm like going to burn my own head off. There, there we go. There we go. You, you got a pretty, you got a pretty sweet setup for for yeah, video. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. Where it, it gets the job done. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite truck stop slash gas station when touring? Ooh, um, I sheets Wawa. Oh, uh, definitely Wawa. Definitely have a bias towards Wawa. Um, other protagonist members have different answers for this question with I know Kyle has always been a sheets evangelist, mm-hmm. but, uh, Wawa is what I would choose. And also growing up, you know, me and Peter grew up in Pennsylvania before we moved to Florida okay. and watching Wawa expand all over the, the, the Eastern sea, uh, Eastern seaboard, uh, down. Also I would say, uh, uh, Bucky's always yeah. good, um, uh, in Texas and, um, it's Buc- yeah. well. Bucky's is expanding now too. Is it really? Yeah. I, I, when I was driving across the country uh, during when I was moving, me and me and Mr. Baby, we stopped at Bucky's uh, one morning, and it was just it was uh, it was one of the happiest places you could be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just I moved. I was living in Mobile, Alabama, and I just moved up to Birmingham, Alabama. You uh, played there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh right outside of Mobile is uh there's a Bucky's now that popped up awesome. about a year or two ago. Awesome. Uh, um what's the worst punk rock bathroom you've had to go number two in? Uh CBGB's. Mm. Back in two thousand three. We played at CBGB's a couple of times in two thousand three. Our protagonist played there and then Jeff's band, uh, the Boyles, who are a punk band from Pennsylvania. I was filling in guitar for them. Yeah, probably, probably the CB's bathroom, though it's also bad, but it was bad, but also you're like, that's still CBGB, so that's pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a landmark. It's like kissing the Blarney Stone. All these other gross people yeah. kissed it, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Same yeah, difference. Honor, honor that history in one way or another. Uh, all right. Um, do you have a, like... A terrible borders slash customs experience? Not a terrible experience. What's your worst one? Um, And they've been pretty, I'm going to be honest, pretty smooth here. I remember when we were were getting ready to go through customs in Japan. And I remember um, we were told in in preparation of going, like, this is what you're going to say when you go in and why you have a guitar with you. And I remember they were like, uh, why do you have a guitar? Yeah. I, go, I am attending a wedding and my band is playing at the wedding. They're like, what day is the wedding? And I must've said someday yeah. in June, that's when we were there and went through n- nothing. Yeah. Nothing weird getting detained. Or one time going into Canada in 2009, um, we, we had some trouble getting in 2009 where it took a while to get through. I want to say, I remember maybe about two hours or so from looking up different things of whoever might've been in the band at that time. Yeah. We'll call, call that redacted here. But, uh, 
for something maybe that had happened a little bit earlier in that tour that involved the police report of some sort. But yeah. um, the uh, I remember I was driving and they, they we had all our passports and stuff and it took took a little bit to get through that one. But I remember that was another one where there was an elaborate story to get and we had a bunch of shows in Quebec and. Montreal, I think five or six shows or something like that. And we we're like, we are recording at this particular place, which we weren't recording, we were performing. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure how much easier or harder that that gets next time that we do that, whether we go to Canada or Japan or somewhere else. Yeah, I've heard a lot of, uh, we, we've gone through Canada a couple of times. That happened to us once of pulling us over and we had to go in the building and talk to people. And that's scary. Yeah, and sometimes also something, you know, when you're in like, when you're in South Texas as well, like you're going through those different checkpoints. Um, when you're, you know, near places like that, uh, we've had the privilege of playing in places like Laredo and um, McAllen and stuff like that. And then you're, you're, if you're working your way through Texas, you always go through those uh, or through them again on that, this drive out here a few months ago. And so it's kind of a reminder that that stuff is here as well. Um, and uh, always a little bit stressful for whatever reason. Like yeah. It just feels stressful. To, to go through this. Yeah. You always feel like you're going to say something wrong, like or something weird. And then it's going to yeah. be like, okay, well you guys stay here for a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, uh, what's the, uh, the most expensive shirt you bought? The most expensive shirt. I or maybe bought. just most expensive piece of clothing. Uh, I bought a new winter jacket when I came here. Uh, that was more money than I wanted to spend. That was okay. probably about three hundred dollars. I wanted to buy. Everyone was like, "Buy a good winter coat when you moved uh, back to the East Coast." Because San Francisco, I'm not sure how much time you spend in San Francisco. Like the climate is generally a temperate climate. It's about sixty-five to seventy degrees most of the time. It gets down yeah. to fifty. Sometimes it gets really hot, but like you're pretty much wearing a windbreaker or a jean jacket uh, all the time in the Bay Area. So I was like, uh, "What's it like going to be? What's it, what's it like to be cold again?" So yeah, I bought and I bought. Um, Probably the best thing I bought for winter weather is that when I was first here, I just walked into a Target and bought uh, twenty dollar like cheap snow gloves, and those were the ones I wore during uh, the whole winter. So, I will say the most expensive dog thing I bought. I bought Mr. Baby a sleeveless dog winter jacket Ooh. so he could show off his muscles. Hell yeah, that was probably about forty bucks. But Mr. Baby was uh, was warm and was good to go. So, Mr. Baby is his full name, or is his name Baby? His name is Baby or Mr. Baby. That okay. was Baby was the name given to him at his shelter. Um, that he was he was discovered outside of a shelter called Pets in Need. That's in Palo Alto, California. Stuffed inside a crate, and they looked inside the crate, and there was a lot of blood. Uh. And, um, he was basically he was dropped off in a band, and they never found the people that did it. Um, that did that. They don't know what exactly happened. He might have been an abuse case. Could have been a dog fighting case. They're not sure. Mm. Um, and at the intake at the down the street at the emergency hospital, this was coming from the woman that dropped them off. And she kept saying in the car, baby, it's going to be all right. We're going to try to get you the help that you need. And when they dropped them off for the intake, uh, they said they needed a name. And she goes, just, just call him baby. And so that was the, that was the name that was on there. And then I saw his story on the news. Um, and I was yep. like, okay, I think I'm ready to adopt a new dog. Cause my, my previous animal companion had passed away, mm. uh, Una about a year before that, wow. almost a year before that. So, yeah. So I, the, right when I went to go pick him up, they're like, uh, do you know what name you're going to have for him? And I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep baby and we'll, I'll put a mister on there. So he has a dignified title for everything he's been <laughs> right. through. So I do know the, there, there is like a certain, um, like, cute aspect aspect of it but also like a ridiculousness like the spectacle of it like when i'm yelling like mr baby yeah and you can tell that people are like 
this guy doing uh but baby you know but I, he goes by 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 both so yeah sleeping <laughs> snoring behind me right. did, did he have uh whenever you got him uh did he have any troubles adjusting i guess it was was your uh was it a single or you had no other animals at that at that point yeah any anyone that's watching the 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 youtube versions podcast see my facial expression they're like i wonder if john will tell the truth here and i'm going to tell the truth uh mr baby had a lot of trouble adjusting yeah. in terms of uh he didn't have a puppy experience and just yeah. like a lot of a lot of humans for that matter humans and dogs overcoming trauma it takes like uh takes time dedication understanding yeah. Um, and my previous animal didn't have any kind of issues really whatsoever. The only thing that she was not blessed with was a uh, length, length in life and length yeah. in years. Mm. But um, yeah, Mr. Baby peed on the couch probably at least ten times. Yeah. He used to pee on the floor about every twenty minutes, and then it was every ninety minutes. And um, but he got there. He hasn't had hasn't had those accidents. He still gets very excited when he sees people. So mm. we got into a situation. We got we, we got into a rhythm that if someone's coming over to the apartment, whether it was San Francisco or here, we take Mr. Baby outside first so he can welcome them outside so he doesn't <laughs> um, piss on their feet or anything. I got like but uh, but I mean the the progress that he's made in two and a half years is like a good reminder to me uh, about resilience, mm. about patience. And that I, I I really did not know as much as I thought I knew. And then kind of my, the community of people I know, whether it's in rescue yeah. uh, and other people have been through certain situations, I, I leaned on them big time um, yeah. uh, to do that. So, but yeah, he's good to go. He's a good, he has a good setup. He has a good setup here and uh, he's a good, he's a good dude. You know, for sure. He sounds solid, Mr. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's about, he's about 50 pounds. He's the size of like a fire extinguisher. Nice. So love it. Uh, Yes, always. What's uh what's your perfect pizza? My perfect pizza is uh just a traditional, I would say Neapolitan uh with mushrooms and uh pepperoni, a runner up being a pepperoni pizza from Via 313 in Austin, Texas. When I lived there, they did like kind of a square Detroit style. Mm, yes. Pizza. They were kind of one of the places, if not the place, sorry for some of them. I'm sure there's maybe one or two pizza marks on listen to this. Could be. Like, no, they weren't. Um, but <laughs> like Via 313 was doing their thing around 2010, 2011. And I remember they were on a food truck outside the Violet Crown Social Club in East Austin. Uh, also a really good place to grab a beer. And they always have Blitz, Tom Petty, and the Murder City Devils on the, on the jukebox. So a good, good, that's a happy place on earth for me. <laughs> That pizza is unreal. Yeah. Um, they've like scaled out and like they went a lot of locations around Austin. I was there like last time I was there, um, like about five, five or six months ago. It's still, still really fucking good pizza. Nice. Via, via 313. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, man. Uh, to, to follow up the, the perfect pizza, uh, what do you want on your tombstone? Oh, tombstone. That's a good one. Um, I think one of my uh, one of my favorite bad religion quotes is from uh, one of their songs. That's probably uh, one of their least known songs um, um, from the from the New America record. But you've got to proceed no matter how bad you want to stay. Oh, that's good. And that's been a good kind of operating philosophy for me in different situations over time. So yeah, you throw that on my tombstone. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Right on. I like it. Well, John, we've uh, we've uh, we're nearing the end here. Do you have any closing words or or anything? 
yeah, well, one, I would love to get back to Birmingham, Alabama at some Come point. We played, yeah. we played Saturn with yeah. less than Jake and Red City Radio, and that yeah. was cool. And I, the upstairs had all like the space iconography yeah. and everything in there, which I thought was was very, very cool. Um yeah, I mean, like we, we talked about some of the stuff that's coming up. So we have uh, the, the the record, the split seven inch coming out uh, with Omnigon. Definitely check out uh, Omnigon in general. Um, we have a, a repress of our second record, uh, The Chronicle, that's just coming out around now. And there's going to be a bunch of interviews were done that kind of create a zine around uh, when that record was recorded a number of years ago. So uh, that'll be coming out. And then, yeah, hopefully trying to get to start recording at least one full length record. And if I get a little crazy, I keep kind of threatening to Peter, like what if we just do two records at one time? Double, you know that double any, record. Any of these band members that are listening that are in this band, they're like, no, nah, he's not going to be allowed to do that. Um, <laughs> but at least try to start recording the five or six. We know like the first six that we're going to record. We kind of have that scout like sketched out at least yeah. and figure out how we're going to do that. And then playing the fest in October of uh, 2022, Halloween weekend. And for those who've been the fest before, you know, it's a great time. Uh, if you've never gone or you're thinking about going, always good. And so looking forward to that and seeing friends. And um, yeah, just thanks for having me. This has been, oh, yeah. this has been a blast. Cool. And uh, yeah, it's been very cool. Cool. Well, thanks, John. Uh, stay on for a minute. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You, you had options, but you decided to talk to me, and I appreciate it. 